Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Hello and welcome back to Sports Talk, the show where the sports reporting class at the University of Central Missouri discusses and debates some of the hottest topics in and around athletics. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Moore, and today we are dealing with a very sensitive, very timely topic that has made a lot of news lately. Our panelists have been doing their homework and are respectfully going to share their thoughts from both sides of the argument. Today's topic should spark some great discussion, so stay with us. It's time for Sports Talk. topic today on Sports Talk is, should transgender athletes be required to compete according to their birth assigned gender? This is a very sensitive subject. It's become heated and sometimes ugly debate in politics. We want to be kind and respectful as we discuss here today, but it is a topic that has raised a lot of questions. Of course, the goal of this sports reporting course, and really any college course, is to have our students do some research, to think critically, and to address sometimes uncomfortable topics. We're doing that right here today. Let's get into it. Panelists, please state your name. Tell us what is your favorite sport. We're going to start with Charlie. Hello, my name is Charlie Martin, and I'm going to have to say my favorite sport is soccer. My name is Alicia Bernie, and my favorite sport is basketball. Uh, my name is JT Noah, and my favorite sport is football. My name is Karen Benedict, and my favorite sport is football. All right, good football people out there. Seeing as how we got a big football game this weekend, got big volleyball games this weekend, let's get into it. Corinne and JT are taking the position today that athletes should only compete as their gender assigned at birth, while Alicia and Charlie are proposing today why athletes should be allowed to compete as the gender with which they identify. First up, Alicia and Charlie, please share your thoughts. Um, I would say that um, transgender individuals, they already face high rates of family rejection, violence, discrimination, and even being suicidal because they're not accepted. And being denied from sports make it no better. And I feel like uh, transgender individuals should have equal access to sports participation because at the end of the day, no matter what we describe ourselves as being, we are still uh, all human. Ethically, I feel like it's wrong to shun somebody from a sport just because they choose to be themselves. And transgender individuals already feel a lack of acceptance. And denying them from something that they love, which could also be an outlet for them, just makes it worse. And I also did some research and found that schools who include transgender individuals in sports have lower suicide risk and greater feelings of safety at school for LGBTQ students. All right. Thank you, Alicia. Very well stated. Charlie, what do you think? Yeah, so I found a lot of the uh, mental health stuff as well. Um, and it kind of did surprise me, like, the percentages of... Um, how many people really get down on themselves because they won't be accepted. Uh, but one thing that I found or I kind of started thinking about is um, equal pay for uh, women's and men's, uh, just for example, U.S. women's soccer team and uh, U.S. men's national soccer team. Uh, they want equal pay. So if everyone's getting paid the same, I feel like they should be able to play in whatever league they want. So that's something I thought about. And if everyone's getting paid the same, you know, like why can't people just – you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, okay. I'm not good at wording that, but yeah. So you're saying that if they're going to pay them equally, if they would if they would pay the men and women equally, treat them equally when it comes to the paycheck, 
we got to treat them equally in where they get to compete. Right. Equal rights, right? Okay. Yep. And that has been a big part of the issue, um, more, more to what Alicia was saying, the, the, uh, the anxiety, the depression, the suicide rates, all of those things. You know, particularly young athletes, particularly young people are already dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of issues as their, their hormones are changing, as they're trying to figure out who they are and what their place is in the world. And then you put them into athletics and, you know, if you're, if you're struggling competing, that can really raise a lot of anxiety too. And so we have the anxiety of members of the LG, LGBTQ plus community your, your point is that we're just adding to that stress by not letting them idea with, uh, identify with who they are on the court, in the pool, on the field, that sort of thing? Is that, kind of, is that what you're saying there, Alicia? Yep. Okay. I summarized that well for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Charlie's going to take it from the economic standpoint, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's some good arguments made. Um, do you agree? If you have found us on social media, leave us a comment. When we come back, Corinne and JT will share why athletes should only compete as their gender assigned at birth. Stick around. You're listening to Sports Talk right here on UCM, The Beat. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what's your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Welcome back to Sports Talk, the show where our students in sports reporting hit on some of the hottest topics in the sports world. We heard from Alicia and Charlie on why transgender athletes should be allowed to compete as the gender with which they identify. Now we're going to hear from Corinne and JT. They're taking the position of the status quo that you should only compete with the gender with which you were born. Take it away, y'all. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll get right into it. I believe it, I've got some notes. And I'm taking it to the serious side that it's like this. When it comes to something this serious, there has to be stats and there has to be notes taken into consideration. For this, I have got Leah Thompson, a prime example that happened last year with the swim world. I found all my notes and information on swimmingworld.com, but she uh, complied with all of the hormone therapy for the two and a half years, but she still doesn't feel, they still feel she has the unfair advantage. Well, why is that? Well, the average differential in men's and women's A standard times for NCAA championship qualifiers in swimming is 11.41%, meaning the women's time are 11% plus slower than the men's qualification time. So Leah Thompson was a man and went to a woman. Obviously, that's what I'm trying to say here. So she went from a man to a woman and she's now competing in women's swimming. The thing is, I want to put it in perspective for you. Olympic superstar Michael Phelps held just a, zero, a 0.08% of the advantage over the U.S. teammate and rival 
Ian Crocker in the 100 butterfly in the 2004 Olympics, but Phelps held a 12.62% advantage over the women's gold medalist Australian Petra Thompson. Phelps' advantage over women equal, equates to over 150 times more than Phelps' advantage over his male competitors. If he had held the same 12.62% advantage over the male competitors, he would have had swam 6.47 seconds faster than he did to win the gold or a time of 44.78 seconds. Leah Thompson, however, was not 11% slower. She was only 2.6% slower than she was pre-transition in the 200-yard freestyle and just 5.76% slower in the 500-yard freestyle. So you're coming at it from the competitive standpoint that, by and large, men are faster. Yes, I mean, men are stronger. Men are stronger. Men are. It's it's proven pretty much with science that men are stronger. It's nothing against women. It's just men are built different and stronger. Okay, Corinne. I mean, I agree with JT. Like, transgenders should not be allowed to play in sports um, if they're not. They're assigned gender because what they choose to identify is totally different than their genetic makeup. Just to touch more on JT's, like, men already have natural advantages from muscle mass to, like, limb length. And so they're already given the upper hand. How is this fair to, like, women's sports that come in? And then going to um, Charlie and Alicia's side with the whole mental health thing. And, like, you kept saying young, how young they are, how young this, how young that. Like, what age are you talking about? Like, what age is this going to be allowed for them to decide, hey, I played on the men's team last year, but I'm actually going to transition this year and play on the women's team and dominate the whole league. And then they get to senior year, and they're actually, I changed my mind. Like, I'm, transgender's not for me. And then they go back to men's sports. Like, how do we prevent those situations from occurring? Or is this just going to be college or Olympics and like that from that on when their brain is actually fully developed and they understand their hormones and this and that? Because it's a hard time in general for mental health and discovering your hormones, let alone on top of the whole transgender thing. But, I mean, how do they actually know that's for them? So... So your concern is that they're gonna there's the, the risk of somebody bouncing back and forth that this year I, I identify as a male, next year I identify as a female, the year after that I'm gonna identify as a male again, right? Yeah. And that's that's a good point. I mean you're gonna I have a hard time seeing that happen because you know, the, the male who says, Well, I'm gonna identify as a female just for sports. It's going to be awfully hard to hide that you're only doing it for sports because the rest of your life is still out there. The rest of what you're, you're, uh, the way you're living your life is out there. That's going to be an awfully tricky game but to play. since it's such a sensitive topic, how are the people going to be like, no, you can't do that? You know, when you could really sit there and be like, no, like, I'm doing it. Well, and both of you have talked from the perspective of the transgender male competing in women's sports. The, the competitive advantage. Okay, well then, can a transgender female compete in male sports? Who identify, A woman who identifies as male, should she be allowed to compete in male sports? She's given herself up to say, I'm at a competitive disadvantage. I mean, you can, but like we're, what the problem would be is you're going to be at such a disadvantage that you're not going to be, quote unquote, on the team in a sense. Like, we were talking a couple weeks ago about participation trophies. Like at that point, you're just going to be sitting on the bench and you're just going to be a supporter because they've the men that you're going up against now have already built the muscle. They've got the hormones and they've built that up that it's going to be a very tough advantage going from such a low standard. No offense to all the women, the, such a low standard or state that they have to go to, to such a higher state with the men. Well, and we need to be very clear that we're talking in generalities that most men are going to be stronger, 
faster than women competing at that level. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go outrun the fastest Olympic women, uh, women's athlete. That's not going to happen. Just because I'm a man, that's that's not what we're talking about, right? Right. We're talking, we're talking about when they're getting to those elite levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we've had some good discussions so far. We have one more break, and when we come back, we're going to hit the panelists with a few questions from the rest of the class. And again, if you found this episode on social media, let us know and share your thoughts. You're listening to Sports Talk on UCM The Beat. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Time now to hear from the rest of the class. Hope you guys have done your homework. This question is coming from Josh. Would it be feasible, a feasible compromise to have another division for transgender athletes to compete in, like an open division? Yes. Yeah, that was one of my points to like solve the situation. That was the only thing I could think of was to have a whole different like category. And I mean, I, 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 I like the idea of that because you're not putting someone in a real like disadvantage at that point because then you have all these people that are going from a different transition so their hormones are making the change their muscles are making the change so they're going to be pretty much at an equal standstill where they can compete at a high level and still feel like they're giving their all and performing at their best well and that's that's something that hasn't really been addressed right now is i brought up the idea of the the female at birth who is transitioning to becoming a male and she's taking testosterone. What about the male athlete who's born with naturally with low testosterone? He can't do anything to boost it, but she's able to take testosterone to boost that, you know, boost her hormone. Does that make it fair if if you have that open division where everybody is making this transition, or you can compete in the open if you want to? The only issue I have with that is at what age will be getting this whole new league? Because you start sports pretty young, most most do. It's so like when is this suddenly well, going to be here? Here's a whole different category. And this isn't cheap either. I mean, having another division, you're talking about another coach. You're talking about another set of championships. You're talking about another set of uniforms. And to, to pick off of you, you keep uh, the way you're going with the age. Um, I don't think they're going to do it at such a young age. Like, I well, don't... And, and that's that's the question we got from Roman. As he said, should the rules change at the professional level versus the high school or collegiate level? Or, like you're talking about now, what about middle school, little league, all of these things? Well, I, I like I said, I don't know like what age, average age people decide to do the transition, but I feel like if anything, they should start doing the transition like rules with different leagues in high school because that's where I feel like 
most people figure out like their identity of what they want to do if they want to transition what they're feeling so i feel like if you want to do anything with a league or a different division you start in high school and i think it does have to change throughout going into the pros because if you're going to go pro you can't just have a sub sub league for every nba nfl okay we're going to have it like right here so i feel like you have to once you get through college then you're going to have to figure out okay do you want to stick with it and go pro and play against the gender that you're assuming that you are or are you going to have to do what you want to do and just back out of sports ashley ashley alicia sorry <laughs> oh can you repeat Charlie? the question it's so should there be a different set of rules for professional versus collegiate versus high school um i would think yeah you should probably start in high school because I agree with JT, like, um, people really find out who they are, maybe in high school or even college. I would say college. You think it should start at college? Mm -hmm. When they're, I mean, technically when you're an adult. Yeah. When you get 18, when you're an adult, you and can make those decisions. Yeah, people also, like, start getting paid for sports in college. So I feel like that's when it should, um, that's when it should start in college. And let me, let me clarify, when I say you can make those decisions, meaning you're an adult, you can make your own decisions on where you're going to go to school, where you're going to be, oh, yeah. all those types of things. So, mm -hmm. Okay. This is a question coming from Colin. The Olympics have always been recognized as very inclusive. We want everybody to be involved, everybody to have an equal opportunity to compete. Do you think the Olympics will start allowing transgender athletes to compete, or will they start an open division? I can see an open division coming sometime soon. I mean, when you think about all the, um, I don't know, the swimmer, and then I read one with the track as well. Um, you know, these things probably will keep continuing on. So I think at some point they're going to kind of take a stand and make that division. I think that's that's just kind of what Alicia and I talked about with the men, like mental state. I think they just want to be accepted for like where they're going to, and they don't feel accepted when they get denied from where they want to go play. Um, so I think having their own division, they can like finally but like their mind can be at peace if that makes sense i agree and then joe you had said something about like um funds like um with buying new uniforms and stuff but i feel like people like they donate to like the lgbtq community and there's like a lot of fundraisers out there and i'm sure like if um they had like a fundraiser that's like set up for transgender people to like make their own um you know make their own sports um i feel like people would donate well, the bottom line is this is a very new development, a very new topic in the sports world, and clearly lots more research, lots more um, study and discussion needs to take place. My two cents, I'm just going to chime in here. Number one, you take the, the position, is it fair? If you look at the most recent Olympics, the winner in the women's shot put, hammer throw, and discus would not have placed in the men's competition, and the weights they throw are lighter. The man who finished sixth in the 400-meter hurdles, he would have won the women's race by six seconds. So, so to JT's point, just on a physical perspective, is it fair for a transgender male to go compete against the women? On the other hand, like what Alicia was saying, we've seen a rise in anxiety, depression, and suicide among our LGBTQ community. These are our neighbors. These are our friends. These are our children. We need to be sensitive to that and take steps to support them. The science behind the transitions is just catching up. 
And like I said, we need to continue having these discussions. We need to continue doing the research. We need to continue caring for one another because at the end of the day, we are all human and we're all here together. So let's find a way to work it out together. That's our time for today. We're going to be off next week. We'll holler at you in a couple of weeks. Thanks to our panelists today for taking on a very difficult, very controversial, very uh, hot topic. You all did a great job with it today. And thank you for listening to Sports Talk, only here on UCM, The Beat. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.